This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have tuned in. We've got a special episode today. Uh, super excited to have my friend Hal Seed with us from New Song Community Church. This is a fantastic church in California. And Hal and I were having this email conversation and I heard some stuff that was going on at his church that I want to make sure we get to you as quick as possible. So Hal, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rich, and it's good to be with you. Uh, it's so great. I'm so glad to have you back on. Uh, we've been saying we got to get you back on, and then it sounds like we we hit on the the thing, so which I'm excited about. So that'll be good. Why don't we start before we jump into kind of what we're talking about today? Why don't we uh, start with um, tell us about this church, give us a sense a bit of the history, you know, the flavor, um, and then how that connects to uh, you know all this everything that we're experiencing now with COVID and the ensuing uh, you know kind of economic crisis that came. Yeah. Out. So, uh, New Song Community Church, my wife and I planted it 28 years ago in Oceanside, California, which is at the north end of San Diego County, uh, and just south of Marine Corps Base Camp Pendleton. So, we've got the Southern California vibe mixed with the Marine Corps military, mixed with the whole outdoor lifestyle of San Diego. Uh, again, started it 28 years ago, became multi-site a couple years ago. Right now we have two campuses and two locations, and both of them are doing outdoor services. And we've mm-hmm. led 21,000 some to Christ so far. So it's mm-hmm. been a lot of fun and a lot of trials, as every church planter knows, and a ton of joy as well. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, we've had you on in the past and you, you're, uh, there's a lot I love about you and, and your church, but you have the heart of wanting to help other church leaders. You, you're, yeah. um, you know, super generous uh, leader trying to enable. And and so why don't you tell us kind of, uh, give us a, sh- a kind of snapshot on the impact that COVID has had on your church. Talk about the pivot and then kind of what you did ensuing and then where do we find ourselves today kind of we'll zero in on the last say six months give us a sense of what's been going on at new zone yeah well probably the same thing happened in almost every state certainly in new jersey where in the middle of march we got word we're not meeting anymore they first ratcheted us us down to you couldn't have more than 250 in a service which actually wasn't a problem because we were running multiple services and people were fearful enough that we didn't have more than 250 in any one service or any one classroom even uh Mm-hmm. for that weekend and then they ratcheted down to 100 no i think they actually cut us straight off anyway it was impossible for us to meet so we we had been doing since 2010 we've been doing an outdoor i mean a, an online service like a lot of churches have and so we just continued that and discovered what we had been doing was technologically backward we had relied on the the energy of kind of watching over the shoulders of the rest as you're in the room our mm-hmm. cameras were dated. Our our uh, mixing techniques were dated. We didn't know what we were doing to be able to keep, you know, six people are in the booth alone and you can only have 10 people in the room. So uh, we, <laughs> right. we floundered for oh, two or three weeks. A lot of chaos there. How do we do this? We had singers doing songs on their, their you know, just on their phone and uh, emailing mm-hmm. them in and it was just terrible. This was our worst Easter ever. My son and I videotaped a message from my driveway and trying to capture mm. the sunrise. 
I'm sure we were one of the worst churches in America for a couple of weeks, <laughs> struggling with what to Maybe do. Maybe there's there. a new outreach list. The worst <laughs> online experiences, yeah. top 100 worst online experiences. Yeah. It just exposed everything about us. So we're actually using borrowed equipment right now for our online services. And I, I don't know if you know this, you probably do because you're more up than I am, but the, the surveys that Barna is showing us and Southeastern did a survey too, um, Right now, or at least as of maybe three weeks ago, roughly one-third of church members are coming to their church, mostly online. Uh, one-third are going to somebody else's church because, hey, the high production value gigachurch just can outdo us so well, and there's no reason not to go there. In fact, a lot of people are going to multiple churches, uh, although mm-hmm. there's less of that going on now. Initially, a lot of people were going to five or six churches just because they could. And then one-third of Bible-believing, church-going Christians, as of last March, are not going to church at all. So we're in a really interesting time. Ed Stetzer believes it's the acceleration of the unchurched process that we've been seeing going on for about the last 10 years. So I believe for a number of reasons, we're in an exceedingly strategic period of time. I I think with all that's going on in the world, it's possible we're entering close to the, the birth pangs, but certainly there's some insidiousness. There's more than just a virus going on here in the spiritual realm. So uh, churches are doing online. And then for us, uh, my guess is a lot of pastors felt this way. I got depressed because there was no way I could reach people. Mm-hmm. I knew that, uh, you know, for the military, suicide's a problem. Uh, being stuck in your home, domestic violence is a problem. Lots of things are going on, and I'm being restricted from meeting with my people. So I finally said to our staff in the middle of May, hey, I'm just going to go outside on a Sunday morning and say, I'm here. If you want to talk to me, we'll keep our masks on. You can stay in your car, and mm. we'll, we'll just oh, I love I'll have a talk with you. I'll pray with you if you want to. And and I did that at both of our campuses and had, I don't know, 60 or 70 people show up and discovered they wanted to talk to me. You know, I was hoping they'd talk to each other, but there was still that fear factor. So a week after that, I said, listen, it's unreasonable that you can go into bars and marijuana shops and all, all these other places uh, and you can't meet as a church. So I know how to play guitar. I don't want to threaten any of you, um, but I'll take my guitar outside and play Kumbaya and just stand there and do a 15 minute (laughs) message of hope next Sunday. And nobody else has to come. I'm just going to invite the church to do that. And, um, and what I had read and discovered both was no matter what you do in this time, you're going to have people who don't like what you're doing. Uh, They're going to have opinion strongly either direction. This whole idea uh, is, um, is threatening. You know, some people are, mm-hmm. well, everyone's frustrated, right? That we've mm-hmm. reached our emotional saturation level. So that's why there's so much amygdala hijacking going on. And that's really what's uh, fomented these riots and stuff is people mm-hmm. are frustrated and they want to do stuff. So uh, the irony is uh, outdoor services, at least in Southern California, work very well because our weather is accommodating <laughs> to it. Nobody can Okay, don't rub movie. it in. Don't rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, nobody can go to movies. Nobody can go to concerts. And so we're the only game in town. That said, though, the fear factor is still very high. People are so cautious. So what we did was on the first Sunday, um, uh, I I invited a minimal number of volunteers. And I I think it was just my worship leader and, and I on a stage at one side of our parking lot. And 
I think there were probably a hundred people and, and much to my surprise, I just bawled before I got up to, to speak because it was mm. so good to see folks. Well, I had a couple engineers in the group and they said, Hey, I think we should move the stage over here for next week and we'll do this. And some then of my staff members said, you know what, we could come and, and actually, they might have been there the first week. They just didn't fill a role. So since then, uh, we have f- we have filled our front parking lot week after week. We've just gotten better at this thing, and it's incredible, Rich. Uh, maybe that's happening in New Jersey too. But but there is joy outdoors. Honestly, oh, right now, my wife and I have said we don't want to go back inside. Uh, <laughs> we're singing to the atmosphere. We're filling the earth with praise. And, yeah. and the really nice thing is, so the way we're doing it is we've got a stage in the middle of our parking lot uh, so that people face the building. Uh, and then a- along the sides, we park cars in every other stall. And in the middle is our mosh pit. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, Southern California, everybody understands the beach. We say, bring your umbrella, bring your suntan uh, lotion, bring, bring your, your chair. We're not providing any of that. Go to the bathroom beforehand. The bathroom's only for emergencies. Uh, but we've got a guy in the church who has a small FM broadcast that goes for like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 150 yards or a half a mile or something. And we've got a great outdoor sound system. And week after week, we've just gotten better at this. But uh, it, it's really amazing. Um, my wife did a survey in the parking lot. Everyone in our parking lot is happy. And mm. everyone we know who is not coming to the parking lot is struggling. So I think we've tapped yeah. into something because, you know, 20 times in the Psalms, it says sing together, like that's a, a command. Right. Christians yes. need to be together. And, and I think mm-hmm. in this time, Satan's trying to, to snuff out all evangelism, all joy, all, all growth. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think we are safer in our parking lot with social distancing and masks. We don't wear masks while we're, well, we don't wear masks when people get in place. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's safer than, than the grocery store. And there's so much joy going on in this that we're actually starting a second one two weeks from now. And uh, again, we're, maybe we can talk about logistics and specifics, but we're yes. going to buy a sale. Uh, it's called a shade sale to go over the middle of our mosh pit because uh, it's even in Southern California, it gets hot in August. So, so that's what we're doing. And I think it could work for almost anybody who's got a parking lot. Okay, I love this. So much I want to pull apart here and understand. So first of all, one of the things I love about you and your church is you do have a heart for the lost. Like you yeah. would say, I would describe you as an outsider um, looking in. I would say, hey, this is a church that is deeply passionate about reaching the lost. Yeah. One of my and, – and so this is an unvarnished thought, and you can disagree with me on this. One of the things I found interesting in this season is a lot of churches that I would resonate with that also have a heart for the lost, lost we are pulling back in this season, and we're – um, you know, we're not, we're not taking the kind of step that you're taking. And there are a lot of churches that are a bit more insider focused. Now they wouldn't describe themselves as that, but, but they would be maybe a, a bit more, um, you know, content with the people that are here. It seems to be those churches that are pushing forward. Again, I'm not asking you to agree mm. or disagree with that. That seems to be something I see floating out there. A part of what I love about this is 
you have a heart for the lost. You're trying to reach people and you're saying, hey, we need to take a step forward. We need to do something. Um, and I think you provided a great framework uh, for that. Why don't we talk through um, some of the kind of specifics, some of those things that you've tried and maybe haven't worked or some of the, I'm trying to picture, I get the idea of every other car, uh, the mosh pit I want to hear more about. How does that work in a socially distant era? <laughs> kind of talk us through some of the logistics of what that, what, yeah. it's, what it looks like on a Sunday. Yeah. So uh, the second Sunday, we turned the. We thought, well, we'll be on this one area based on the sun rising and some plants behind it, and we realized, no, we need to be in the middle. So uh, it's almost like if you're in, ever in a large concert venue. Uh, well, and so you could go to pastormentor.com. That's where our blog is. Yep. Uh, and the last two weeks, we've done a blog on this, and there are pictures, not necessarily the greatest pictures, but if people want to get a uh, a sense of what's going on there. There's a stage in the middle. We just started by hauling out some portable stage pieces from indoors and then realized if people were going to bring umbrellas, we needed the stage higher. So it's now a 47 and a quarter inch stage. We just did some elevating of those pieces and nailed them together with two by four. So it's not fancy. Uh, and people don't want fancy right now, right? I mean, we, we got no screen outside. We, it's just it, me and the atmosphere and, and our worship team that's really pared down, but it's 47 and a quarter inches tall because yes. in California, if you have a 48 inch or higher stage, you've got to have a railing around it. And that's just funky oh. to have a railing between you and <laughs> nice. people. So yeah. it's out there and we put a, a little kind of fishnet thing over the top so that there's shade uh, for the band and for when I get up. Uh, and again, it's stripped down. Someone gets up and we found people don't want details. It's really hard in an atmosphere outdoors to give them all those. So we've beeped up our, our bulletin. Uh, it has every song, all the lyrics. I, I print the notes, but I also print all of the scripture in there because we don't have uh, pew Bibles for people to hold on to. And I found even it's, it's just too ethereal to have them on their phone. So uh, right. it's souped up. And so the announcements are, Hey, here's how it works in the parking lot. Prayer partners are over here. First time guests VIP center is over here. Uh, if you need the bathroom emergency, only one person at a time. When, if you get up from your spot, uh, wear your mask so that everybody's cool. And so what we have is, uh, three kinds of seating we have. You can be in your car, and you can roll up your windows and run your air conditioner. And we're broadcast on FM 73.7 or something like that. It'll, again, it barely goes any farther than our parking lot, but it's perfect for the parking lot. And then we've got a great sound system outdoors, which, again, we owned it all. So we didn't pay any money for these things. Uh, the initial money we spent was just for, for some two-by-fours to elevate the stage and build a stairway up to it. So you can stay in your car or you can get out of your car. And in mm -hmm. my mind, that's the best because we love tailgating in Southern California. So there are people that bring stuff. Every week I say, you, you're just lacking your hibachi. You should have brought that uh, too. We've got people. The yes. trucks are in the back row around the perimeter. So you can back your truck in and your whole family can sit in the bed there. Or some people, if they've got an SUV or a car, they're, they're facing forward. And they'll either be in their car or out of their car next to it. Yep. Or then there's the mosh pit. And so we say, uh, if, if you're going to sit in the pit, then park around back and schlep your stuff around front. And some people sit there and we've got a few palm trees, which provide very little shade. 
Yes. And, and uh, so a lot of people bring umbrellas. A lot of people just sit in the, the shade. And, and then up against our building, which is to my back, it's behind me. There's probably 10 yards worth of shade against there. And we'll have a ton of people there. Our youth actually haul out their couches and they, they sit there. It doesn't seem to matter that they can't seem to see my face because this is so <laughs> raw and authentic and the sound is so good, people just li- love being there. We, we're in a, the end of a strip mall, and next to us, around back, is a U-Haul rental company. They're not believers, but they told my facilities guy two weeks ago, we leave our door open on Sunday morning because your music is so uplifting. We've got these right. lost uh, business people listening to our service because uh, it's uplifting. People need uplifting in this time. So that's some of the logistics, uh, probably yeah. constructed. Again, we've done the, the full, um, you know, the logistics are, are on our, our website. Absolutely. Uh, let me think. Yeah, and we'll link to those. I love, I'll see that. I see those articles here. We'll link to those, make sure they're in the show notes so people can find them, uh, you know, really carefully. One of the things I want to pull out is, um, I love how you're providing multiple options. I think one of the things that all of our churches, frankly, are going to have to do in this season is we need to meet people where they're at. I was uh, talking to Brian Tome recently or listening. We were having a kind of back and forth conversation and uh, from in Cincinnati at Crossroads. And, and he was saying, hey, like the reality of it is you can't lead someone to a place they don't want to go. And yeah. so we've got to um, per, our church has to, has always had to go the long distance to make to for us to bend to make it so that people who uh, we're hoping will connect with Jesus will um, find where they land to be the kind of place they want to be. But I love how you've provided made that really practical with like, hey, you can be in your car, you can be out of your car, kind of beside your car, or you know this sitting area, the mosh pit closer. I think that's a really key insight for us, even as we you know kind of think beyond here. You know, we have we have to think about multiple options for people yeah. for sure. Yeah, and now, so what it, I'm now trying to coax my people to come back. We were doing four online services, um, but I'm again, everybody in the parking lot's happy. Everybody who's cloistered is not. But you have to overcome the fear. Southeastern did a survey of their people and, and came up with three categories. You've got the impatient, who are just busting to get out. Uh, you've got the the uh, what they call it, not rule keepers, but obedient who, mm-hmm. hey, the government has told us to do this. This is what we're doing. And then you've got the cautious or fearful who are like, yeah, we've got underlying conditions. This could be a problem. We're staying in. And it breaks down about one-third, one-third, one-third. Well, again, uh, pretty much everybody I know is going outside for certain things. And I, I don't know how to get them out. But as Brian said, you know, you don't want to push people, but if you can coax them. So week by week in my weekly emails, I'm just saying, wow, uh, the parking lot is safer than the grocery store. And there is so much joy here and it's just good to see your face. So, mm-hmm. um, so our, well, our and next, that's a good, go ahead. That's a good, I just, I want to hit on. So I actually wrote that down as you said it before, safer than the grocery store. I, I think that's a great tool, even from a communication point of view to, to remind people like, Hey, you know, there's a, there's a subtle kind of message in that, that language there, right? You're saying yeah. to people, you're, you're going to the grocery store, people. <laughs> Come on. Like, this is safer than, you know, than where you're going. And actually, I've heard that specific line been used by, by multiple people, in, even for, you know, that, that um, 
the folks over at Disney and Disney World mm. in Florida, they keep pushing that. That's literally the same language that you keep seeing on their social media that like they, they get guests to say that like, oh, I feel safer here than going to the grocery store or safer here than going to Walmart. Um, and, you know, that that I think is an important piece of the puzzle because it's not just, you know, is it available to be open? But then, you know, will people come? Will they feel like they're, yeah. um, you know, they're able to do it? What else are you learning on that kind of coaxing process? Well, like last week, I had a, a chronologically gifted lady say, are you still socially distancing? Because in your emails, you're not telling us that you are. You, know, you can only put so much in an email before people don't read right. it. So I've stopped putting that in. But you know, our first announcement is, hey, we're so glad you're here. Uh, you're welcome to take your mask off. If you get up and move, please put it back on. So people are, you know, people want to know, am I safe? Will I be safe? And of course, we have a whole bunch of people that don't want to be safe. They're hugging and all that. You can't really control that. Uh, but it's not taking place very much. And, and over the whatever it is, 11 weeks we've been doing this, uh, people have learned, you know, I, I'm not going to approach anyone who isn't feeling good. So with that, maybe I'll bump elbows, maybe I'll wave, maybe I'll kick feet, uh, maybe I'll just stay away. And our prayer partners keep their masks on and they stay six feet away. And so people have to know, I will be safe if I come here. That's a primary thing. The other is, um, mostly this is a shepherding thing. I am reaching my people. Uh, the only lost people who are coming are all being invited by their friends, even though we've got a big outdoor service sign uh, right on our main drag. Uh, I think you, you have to be invited in. People, lost people may be fearful right now, but they're not thinking coming to church. So we've had a lot of rededications, but salvations are way, way down these days. Uh, a practical thing we did to make sure that in the mosh pit, well, even in parking, that that uh, people were distanced, we now have a small P. It's about maybe three inches tall, a small P on every parking spot that people can park in. So people know that's where I can park. Plus, we have ushers everywhere who are directing people. And we ask them to get there at least 10 minutes before church because we're going to close the parking lot so that it's safe once the church service starts. And we've painted yellow dots on our parking lot every 10 feet. And we say, your family can occupy that that yellow dot. That'll keep you 10 feet from somebody else. Because, you know, the six feet is the principle, but they say uh, singing can go 9.5 feet. So we social distance 10 feet. Uh, some of our young adults choose not to do that. They'll sit in a row together. Uh, but that's by choice. We also have our, our second campus has a ball field, and it's next to... Uh, it, it's on a frontage road of a major freeway. So in that parking lot, you can't hear anything, but you go past, we've got a tree line to a ball field and the decibel level changes. So we can't mm. do a parking lot service there, but they can be on the ball field. And so what we've done there is we put cones so that they say, okay, I can sit next to this cone and I'm socially distanced. What's really interesting is their first week, that's kind of an older congregation. Uh, and there are only maybe a hundred people or so at this one, but but uh, they showed up and some people said, wow, people weren't socially distancing. So this is not safe. I'm not coming back. So my campus pastor every week writes, and of course, we're socially distancing and we're asking you to blah, blah, blah. And what's interesting is it took them six or eight weeks to return. Now they're returning and they're not socially distancing. They don't wear masks. They sit with their friends. So what we've got right now is, I think, an insidious play by the evil one to convince us that we ought to be fearful. 
And mm. Rick, you know, as well as I do, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and of self-discipline. Amen. And, and once people get out, that fear factor is, at least after a couple times of being out, it's shattered. So somehow we have to lovingly get people out because there is something God-ordained about gathering. We must do this. And so for us, we're doing it at nine o'clock in the morning because eight o'clock will be too early. Eleven o'clock is going to be too hot. Uh, but now we've filled, we've literally filled every parking space and, and there's plenty of room in the mosh pit, but that's, that's more threatening to people. So the newer people are going to come and they're going to sit in their car for a bit. So we're going to open an 11 o'clock one and we're spending our first piece of money. Uh, I'm personally, my wife and I are donating $40,000 to put up what's called a shade sale down the middle of our parking lot where the mosh pit is. It'll go 60 feet by 50 feet. Uh, so at 11 o'clock, and again, Southern California is different. We were roasting hot this week at 85 degrees. Uh, for a lot of places in the country, that's cold. But for us, we're, we're weather wimps. So <laughs> yes. we're doing what we can to accommodate because we've realized our sanctuary is now our parking lot. Uh, we used to say, mm. hey, welcome to New Song. Uh, we want to remind you that we're not a building you come to, but a family you belong to. Now we say we're not a parking lot you come to, but a family you belong to. Uh, mm. but the parking lot is God's sanctuary for us now. So we're, we're moving as quickly as possible. And that's a real key, right? Uh, leaders must know they must, must move quickly in a crisis. They've got mm -hmm. to be flexible because the conditions will change. And they've got to expect that they're going to be wrong and that others will think they're wrong even when they're not wrong because everybody has an emotional opinion of what's going on right now and what's right and what's wrong. Uh, oh, here's yeah, another one. So in our first couple of weeks, we said, so we'll be socially distanced. We had a way of handing programs at a distance. Now people are more used to it. So the usher will hand them their program as they drive in before they drive around the building to get to the parking lot. Uh, uh, and we, we left a recessional bucket on the way out. What we discovered was some people would stay for 45 minutes and that was pressing mm. on our ushers to man that bucket. So we actually walk through the parking lot now with five gallon buckets and your arm from your head is about three feet. The bucket's about a foot wide and my arm from my head is about three feet. So you can actually socially distance taking the offering. Right. Uh, and, and we say to people, if you want to get out of your car, put your mask on. But you can come get prayer anytime from our prayer partners because some people who come are desperate. They haven't been out and they, they need to talk to someone. So great. They can go and, and the prayer partners right now are in the shade behind me. They can go and they can talk to them there during any part of the service. And then we always have prayer partners at the end of the service. So they come out to the front at that point and pray for people. Again, mostly socially distanced. Some people who are weeping uh, need to be hugged. Uh, and so if the, if the prayer partner is, is um, amenable, they'll accommodate that as well. Uh, in our first yeah, I, weeks, we did not do children's ministry. We didn't know how to do that. And then the CDC released guidelines that tell us how. So we fulfilled all those guidelines. We did that for two weeks. And then our governor told us we couldn't meet in, the, in our building. And so we decided to conform to that. So now our children's ministry meets outdoors around the back of the building. And so we've got okay, okay, good. tents out there. Our youth ministry meets on another night and they're meeting with us, which has its own bundle of good. We really like that the kids are now with us. Uh, they sit together before the service. They sit with their parents during the service and then they come back in this 
shaded area that they've got and, and sit together after the service and they'll talk for half hour, 45 minutes. So. Yeah, I love that. I, w- I was going to actually ask you about kids ministry because that's been one of, um, you know, we've seen that as a consistent uh, piece of the puzzle. How do we do that? How do we yeah. do that? Well, um, and I know, and you know this, that from a church growth point of view, that kids ministry is a critical piece of the puzzle. It is. Um, are you seeing any, um, the, the, the kind of profile of the people who are returning, are you seeing families with young kids in higher percentage, less percentage, again, not necessarily stats, but just kind of what's your, your, your kind of gut feel on that? I as you interested as you've been. in knowing what other churches are experiencing, but our experience is our younger and our older want to come, but families, uh, according to my children's director, we have probably a hundred families who have decided they're going to do something else on Sunday and they're okay with it. We do an online and a, you can come whenever you want Facebook page. It's called new song promise land families. And so people mm-hmm. can come and they can get um, their own do it yourself kind of Sunday school lesson there. Some are doing that whenever they want, but, but th- this is a fear I have um, that our middle generation is is not going to church and they're training themselves not to come. I'm, I'm reading Matthew 24 where verse 12 says, and you know, the love of many will grow cold. And, and mm. I'm concerned that we might be in that, that we've got the love of many growing cold right now. Hmm. Uh, what do you, what do you well, see in that? Are, are children's ministry people, yeah. I mean, are young families coming back in the churches you're in contact with? No, like we're, we're, yeah, it's very similar dynamic to what you're seeing that it's, um, you know, I think they're, I think, frankly, it's difficult to do remotely. It's it, family, young families struggle. Like I was even just anecdotally, I was talking to a mom the, earlier this week. This is a single mom in a church, not a, not single, like she's a mom. It's mm-hmm. a singular mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was saying, you know, like even when they try to watch the adult service, it's like, you know, a <laughs> kid will like mm-hmm. something always goes wrong. Right. And so yeah. then she's finding, you know, hey, I'm, they've found in their rhythm that, hey, just watching on demand after the kids go to bed is way better to do. And then they've tried to use Sunday morning as to keep their kids kind of engaged. They've been trying to do the kind of on-demand stuff for kids ministry on Sunday morning, thinking that that's kind of a good rhythm to keep their kids in. But then she Mm. said like, hey, you know, this is just hard. It's hard to do. It's, and I, my heart goes out to, you know, my kids are older. And so it's, you know, we're not, we're not in that zone, but I think we're, you know, I'm concerned about that. I'm as a, as a leader, I'm concerned about that. You know, and I know that the the, the message of Jesus is one generation away from yes. being extinct. And man, yeah. I want to make sure in this season we're doing whatever we can. I love how you've kept coming back to really this whole idea that people need uplifting. That in you know, it's it's and I've said it before on the podcast. The church shines the brightest in the moments of mm. great darkness, and mm. this is a time of great darkness. And yeah. I love that your church is trying to find a way. Uh, to shine brightly in this season, you know, you know, and all our listeners know that before this, uh, it was really hard to get unchurched people to come to church. <laughs> like that was, that was difficult. It was not an easy thing to do, and it wasn't like they liked to go to church before. But there's this added um, kind of push against it in this season. That yes. there's a, there's a legitimate health concern in you know in the you know in the air as it would be. But I love that your church, and I hope people will take this lesson that you're taking steps now 
uh, to try to say, yeah, we're doing this, we're taking steps, because I think what will happen is over time as the friends of the people who attend your church, as they see that that's happening consistently, and as you, like you say, you're 11 weeks in, and as you when you don't end up in the newspaper for some sort of outbreak that <laughs> yeah. happened at New Song, yeah. uh, that that will that will gain confidence, right? And we'll be like, hey, wow, this is, um, you know, this is maybe the kind of thing I could trust. And so I'm I'm hoping that that encourages people who are listening in today to take those steps, to take the risk, to do something. Uh, that may not look exactly the same, but has some, right. some kind of drive behind it. Yeah, when you well, look to the fall and beyond, where's your head at as a leader? What do you think kind of the next step is? And we didn't say this ahead of time, so you can say, I have no idea and that's fine. But what are you thinking about um, Christmas this year as you yeah, think towards, that's so obviously a huge time exactly what I was for thinking. us to think those things. Yeah, let's, let's, let's kind of talk a little bit about the future. So best case scenario is we may see a vaccine in December or January And there's huge fear about a vaccine. And even Fauci has said any effective vaccine may only be 50 or 60% effective. I'm seeing people online who say, I'm not taking that vaccine. It needs a longevity study before I do that, which means this thing, unless it burns itself out, which could be, or if the Lord returns, which could be. uh, But I'm thinking long term. I have said to my worship guy, figure out a way to do Christmas Eve outdoors. Uh, figure out a way to do Thanksgiving outdoors. Unfortunately, in California, we can do some of that. There will be have to be accommodations if it rains and things like that. But yeah. uh, but we have to be thinking about those things. Uh, and you know, the early church was pretty creative about m- meeting where the Romans wouldn't find them. I think we're in a situation where we don't have to fear that, but we do have to be flexible and figure stuff out. And you know, in in the Midwest, I would think, wow. Nothing more attractive than, say, an outdoor nativity scene you could visit in the snow. That's got to be an attraction factor for sure. people. So we don't have snow, sure. but we're going to figure out a way to do something around our building that, that attracts people and, and celebrates the spirit of Christmas. So we're out there for the long term, and what we realize is our service times will need to change. And people will flex with that because there are very little other things competing for their time. So like right now, 9 o'clock is it. Uh, we're about to have an 11 o'clock, and it's going to be a lot hotter for about six or eight weeks. And then that'll start to be more popular as the fall comes and temperatures get cooler. Uh, if we can, we'll add back our Saturday night service, and that time will have to change based on on sunlight and all of those things. So this is a time to be very flexible. Every pastor should think like a church planter. Right. Oh, that's good. That's a good word. Absolutely. Well, so much. Uh, this has been so helpful. I really appreciate you leaning in and uh, you know, and just giving us a bit of a peek under the hood of what's happening at New Song. I, I would encourage people to follow you and to follow Pastor Mentor. Um, I think you know this is a season where we need to draw on uh, each other and learn from strategic outsiders like yourself. How can people follow along with you, with the church, with Pastor Mentor? Where do we want to yeah. send them? How do we want to keep them engaged with you? Well, uh, Pastor Mentor has a free blog that, again, the last two weeks have been, the first week was on the principles of a parking lot service. Last week was the logistics of a parking lot service. So we try and keep up with those things. It's basically what we're learning and thinking. Um, But I also have a coaching program called Church Engines Mm -hmm. that involves uh, 12 months of learning the systems of a church. And where once that program was pretty expensive, now it's down to like $27 of a month for all of the videos and all of the handouts and all that sort of stuff. So 
Uh, we can keep connected that way. Uh, right now, I have, I think, 4,970 friends on Facebook. Uh, and so I've got <laughs> room close for to that 5,000. I, I keep eliminating uh, people from third world countries that just want money. I'm happy to give them help, but I can't give them money. Uh, but I bring that up because um, I believe this is a time to over communicate with our members. And so for the first mm. 80 days of this shut in period, I did a, a daily um, devotional, a daily dose mm. of encouragement. And then that just got too much for me because right now we're taping one day and then, you know, we got the outdoor service and those are the same message, but they're very different mediums. Uh, so I'm doing mm. a sermon recap once a uh, a week that goes mm. out to all our people. And that gets posted on Saturday on, on my Facebook page and on New Song Community Church's Facebook page. So people could see those and they're welcome to steal them and adapt them for their own people. But those are places to, to hang out. We really do love to help pastors as much as we can. Nice. Well, I, I really appreciate this, Hal. I appreciate you and your leadership. And thank you for for being on today and friends who are listening in we actually next wednesday have another special podcast uh, like this kind of quick release where we've actually gone out to three other churches and are asking again similar kind of programming questions and we asked the christmas question to three other very large churches as well so because i know we're all starting to wonder about that so stay tuned till next wednesday for that as well so hal thank you for being on the show today you're welcome rich we appreciate you and all that you do to help churches all over the world mm-hmm.